Hello, everybody, and welcome to Take Two. We have a special guest with us, Jillian Saldana, that many of you know. Hi, a stranger uh, here. Uh, before we jump in to the talk this evening, I uh, do want to mention to you some other things that I'd love for you to keep up in prayer. Uh, the Escalera family, Gil, as you know, he lost his sister last Friday. Uh, Gil texted me and told me that he also lost his uncle, Joe, this morning uh, to COVID and the complications. And also his sister-in-law, Helen, had to go back into the hospital because she was having trouble breathing. Uh, there was good news for her in that she is doing better. But continue play, praying for her, Helen, and continue praying for the Escalera family as this has been uh, a difficult season for the family and a lot of loss and a lot of concern because other family members also still have COVID. Um, So we want to be praying for them. In fact, let's pause right now and let's pray for them. Father, we thank you that you hear our prayers and that you care about our needs even before we ask. And Lord, we do pray for the Escalera family. We pray for those who have lost the loved ones. Uh, Lord, that you would bring comfort, peace, and strength to the family. We pray for those who are still sick, for Helen, who is in the hospital, that you would have mercy on her, bring healing to her, bring comfort and peace to her and to the family, and to the others in the Escalera family who are suffering and ill at this time. May you bring healing to them, health to the whole family. And we entrust them to you through this season that they are going through. We ask your blessing on them in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, Jillian, so glad to have you here. You know, I, I thought of you. I mean, you've invited me a couple of times to the Instagram live that you do, the coffee thing you mm-hmm. do. Uh, Jillian, for those of you who don't know, she is uh, working at Flipside Church in Rancho. What's your position there at the church? I get the honor of being the communications director oh. for the Flipside. So not only get to be the voice into our community, but get to talk to our people within Flipside of what's going on, and um, whether through messages, social media, um, direct contact, um, um, all the things. And um, it's been a privilege and an honor to do that. That's great. And you're feeling better. I know yeah. that you were ill. Poor Jillian spent Christmas in the hospital. Yes. But she's here Because I love you guys so much. <laughs> we love you too. And, and, you know, when I thought of this uh, talk that I did past Sunday, I wanted to have a woman's voice being a part of it, especially because the topic is dealing with a woman who's really taken advantage of mm-hmm. in some situation um, I titled the message a small piece of the truth mm-hmm. um, because there was a focus on her and the wrong she did, but that was just a small piece of the truth, mm-hmm. right? And I wanted to have another voice in this so that there would be a little bit more empathy, and I, I want to bring those kinds of voices into Take Two to get a little more depth into the conversations that we had. Um, this is continuing a series. It's going to be, I believe, four parts And this was part two on the grace and truth matrix. And for those of you, you can see it behind us there on the whiteboard. There's kind of uh, four quadrants, four cultures of this. And we're really trying to live into the grace and truth that Jesus lived into. Mm -hmm. That isn't just all truth, isn't just all grace, but it encompasses those in a healthy way. Mm -hmm. Um, Let me start off with you. I mean... What are your thoughts? Are there any questions that came to mind after you listened to this, things that you wondered about or that stood out to you that you'd like to kind of touch on? I love um, the idea of all truth but no grace, that we currently are in that call-out culture, like you were saying. And I think it's so easy um, when we have truth, and we often time see the Bible as our truth and it's like we hold on to it but I think we miss the grace factor like you were talking about it's like I have this truth and I'm going to call out everything about you and I think so often in a religious um, setting people think that's okay because they're using God's word yeah but they forget the grace behind it yeah 
And that's so much in this story where the Pharisees say, you know, Moses says, Mm. which is essentially the Bible says, right? Moses says she should be stoned. Mm -hmm. What do you say? Mm -hmm. You know, challenging him with this idea of Mm -hmm. truth. But as we saw in the story, it wasn't the whole truth, Mm. right? They did this to test him, right? Which really is kind of dark when you think about it, Mm -hmm. right? Here is a woman who's meaningless to them, who is a pawn in their game, Mm. right? And the guy who was a part of this is nowhere to be found. We don't know that story. We don't know her story. The only story we're getting is these bits and pieces, Mm -hmm. but we see already something's wrong, Mm -hmm. right? And so this idea of the truth here that we're giving to you, it is absent of really insight. It's Mm -hmm. absent of understanding. It's absent of, you know, what we are calling grace. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, one of the things that I I think it's important for, I know me, and as you said, people kind of grew up in a religious background, Christian religious background. The idea of grace is just, you know, unmerited favor Mm -hmm. there. You're forgiven. Yeah. You know, God, God has not held your wrong against you. That's it. Mm. And grace as Jesus portrays it is so much more, mm-hmm. right? It's participation in life. Yes. And that takes on a whole different meaning. Yeah. Right? I love when you had said that, I think we so often, we can slap a sticker of grace on something. Mm-hmm. And I feel like when you said it's, it's a participation. And I think grace is this action of every day I'm showing up to really see people. We often say it flip side with the lenses of how God sees people mm-hmm. And I think when we choose to just say, okay, I'm slapping a grace sticker on it, it's taking the, the work and the calling of unity and just the actions of our faith out of the equation. Yeah. And it's just making God, I, I think, the small box of, uh, of kind of just a quick fix. And grace is truly a lived out action every single day. Yeah. And I think I love what you said about testing. I think so often leaders you know, we're going to test you with this by using scripture. And I immediately think of like when God was tested immediately after, um, in the, in the wilderness and it's like Satan used testing. Mm -hmm. And it's like how so often I think we think we're going to test someone and use scripture and it, we puff ourselves up. But in reality, I was like, Satan did the same thing to God (laughs) and how I don't want to be attributed to that. I don't want to be known as a Christ follower who test people continually. Yeah. It's like Satan did that, and he used scripture to do that. Yeah, call out is something that definitely has been a part of the church mm. uh, in recent history, I think throughout a lot, all of history probably mm-hmm. in some degree. But this is also something that shows up in our lives individually, right, yeah. um, where we have call out. You know, we can do that. I mean, I shared this story with Judah, um, yeah. and I know that even in, like, our relationship, like with Karina and myself, there might be a call out, Mm -hmm. you know, well, I told you to do this, you know, and it's like, I I want to justify that I was right, you know, and so I'll do that kind of call out of all the things I did right so that I can't be blamed or responsible instead of being there participating in whatever the situation is Mm -hmm. happening, Mm -hmm. you know, and those kinds of things. Um, so, yeah, and you mentioned something, too, like the idea of truth, I think, when you talked about seeing people as God sees them, mm. right? Because I, I think that's where truth is. It's not informational mm. facts. It's seeing things the way God sees them, the reality so that God sees the world, so the way good. God sees people, the way God sees us. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes I think even how we shame ourselves, how we, look, you know, we condemn ourselves, and John would say, God is greater than our hearts. Mm-hmm. Um, this idea of you are this and this, and you've blown this, and you've blown this, and it's actually, well, God sees you as the light of the world, the salt of the earth. Mm-hmm. And maybe you're not living into that potential, yeah. but that is the potential. Mm-hmm. And then you're responsible to to see yourself also the way he sees you mm-hmm. so you can live that way. Mm-hmm. But it's difficult. It's totally difficult. <laughs> it's totally difficult because I think I always joke, my therapist and I, yes, I have a therapist, we joke about, you know, the, often the things that we struggle with in other people, the things oh, yeah. that we want to call out on them is the very thing that we ourselves struggle with, whether it's um, we grew up a certain way and it's 
our own pressures we put on. I mean, I'm an older child, so it's like your own pressures you put on yourself, whether it's external from um, surrounding communities. There's things that we identify in ourselves, and when we see it come alive in someone else, it's so easy to call out. And I think it's so important you said this in your message. We always need to start in a place of checking ourselves first and and starting in a place of repentance and being like, Mm -hmm. God, how Scripture says, like, take that plank out of my eye before I look at someone else. Right. The first truth is always the truth about us. Mm, yes. Right? And that's, I mean, in the story of the woman caught in adultery, yep. that's the only thing Jesus said to the crowd yep. was, let who is without sin be the first to cast the stone. Yep. Right. He called out truth in them, and apparently that was enough. I mean, Jesus did that kung fu move on them, right, where he just like, you know, everyone's moving in this Mm. direction of, yeah, we're going to get you, we're going to get you, yeah, that's what Moses says, and then Jesus, you know, ignores them. And, I mean, to me, one of the interesting things in that story is that Jesus says nothing. We don't know for how long, Mm. but I can just feel the tension of everyone waiting for something to happen, this woman standing there whose life is balanced on their decision and he's saying nothing Mm -hmm. and everyone's like this is getting heavy what's going to happen and then the weight of that gets turned around and put back on Mm. them and then they feel that weight Mm -hmm. as okay if i was without sin i'm not Mm -hmm. you know and now what's my reaction if i'm in her shoes you know and so that truth kind of shines back on them mm-hmm. um, just powerful you know yeah. story I, I it starts out with them saying i read like two different translations and they basically said they called her out they put her in front of everyone on display yeah. and as a woman it's not new it's like mm-hmm. let's see what how she can prove herself let's see what she has let's see if she can come up with an excuse of why she did something wrong. Mm-hmm. And I think, I love how you said, you use a, I was, I didn't know you did Kung Fu. <laughs> but I love the analogy where you said, it's not about expressing your strength, it's about the momentum and how to go into like this next action, this next mm-hmm. movement. And I love how God chose his movement, the momentum that he chose was to actually be still. And I think so mm-hmm. often we choose to use our momentum to call out, like you were saying. But Clearly, God shows us here. God's like, I'm going to use my momentum to actually sit and make her feel more comfortable. And to me, that's, it was just a powerful moment. How I often see how God sits with me um, Mm -hmm. of just, I'm going to be still with you for a second when you may feel like the momentum of others is crumbling down. And to me, it's just this powerful picture. Yeah, there's so many contrasts in this story. I mean, you've got the Pharisees, the religious leaders mm. who are taking a position of power. Yeah. And then you've got the woman who is in a position of really, um, you know, she's marginalized. She's, she's not a person who is able to testify in court at this time, mm-hmm. not a person whose words mean anything. Um, and she is in the spotlight in such a negative way, yeah. right? And it's like, here's this person who is demeaned in society and the spotlight is on the wrong that she has Mm. done. And that's the focus of this story, Mm -hmm. right? Going on. But that's really not the heart of the story, Mm -hmm. right? That's the small piece of truth, right? And, And it almost seems as if Jesus is really getting at something more than what they're focusing on. And, and it reminds me of how that's true in my life so many times. Mm-hmm. I, I'm focusing on, like you said, the call out. You know, you got to get this done. You got to get this. You got to do this. You got to do this. And I have all these things in my head that should be done so that you can yep. get your life together yep. or whatever. Yeah. And then it's like, but that's not the problem. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when you have someone who is battling uh, an addiction or mm-hmm. something and they come up and they, share with you their, you know, they just got another uh, coin for a year of sobriety, Mm -hmm. you know. And you think of this person has battled every day for the last year, you know, to maintain this. And all they have is a coin. Mm -hmm. They don't get a lot of recognition. Mm -hmm. They don't get a lot of things. In fact, 
they even identify themselves as I'm still an alcoholic, mm-hmm. right? And it, it's similar in that way where it's like the battle that was there is not missed by mm-hmm. Jesus. The struggle is not missed by Jesus. Who she is is not missed by Jesus, mm-hmm. even though everyone else is disregarding it. Mm-hmm. You know, and to me that's that's why I love Jesus. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, that's one of those things that just stand out. Mm-hmm. I love what you said in the message, like they're calling out a small moment of truth. And it is truth. Like mm-hmm. she is an adulterous woman. Yeah. That's a fact. But I love what you also said. It takes two to tango. Mm-hmm. Why aren't we hearing more about his story? And um, I think it's so, I, to me, I've always loved this story from like being a little girl. And I always, I think you always cheer the women on in the Bible because you're like, I could have been that person. Mm-hmm. Um, and so to me, this, this beautiful woman at the end of the day, who probably was scared out of her mind to be in front of these people, to have this taunting helm of death probably come on her. Um, and you have one person who advocates for you. And that's the thing I've always loved about God is we all have our stuff. We all have our moments of truth that look ugly at times and deserve consequences and deserve mm-hmm. judgment. But the thing I love over and over again about our God is God always sees the full picture. Yeah. And God always sees beyond just the immediate. And I feel like culture back then and even today, we it's so easy to be guilty now before proven innocent almost it's like yeah. backwards and i just feel like this story is so relevant even now because i think it's so easy to point out small truths in people yeah. but are we stopping like jesus did are we taking the momentum to actually stop and be slow and to see people and I, this story is just yeah i love it and and it's the difference between calling out and calling in mm-hmm. right calling in is the participation with right after our meeting on sunday um we have a few people here, just mm-hmm. a couple. Mm-hmm. And one of the guys who was here, he shared some things that he he was frustrated with yep. and, and dealing with the homeless and how he feels like the homeless are being neglected and, and things like that. Mm-hmm. And it was a, a pretty intense conversation that developed here. And it was, you could tell he was very passionate about mm-hmm. it. He was very heated within him and wanting you know, we got to do something, we got to do this. And then stepping into that conversation and telling him our experience with that, mm-hmm. our mistakes with that, mm-hmm. and our personal encounters with that and how difficult it is yeah. to call in mm-hmm. to someone with that where you have to journey, you have to advocate with them, you have to get them to the rehab, you know, you have to get them to the teen challenge or whatever. Yeah place they're going to go to to deal with the mental health if they're a veteran to deal with those things it's just it's not a here's some money here's some food here's some clothes right that's not helping them Mm -hmm. that's the hangout that's like hey man we care about you yeah here's some food the appeasing exactly that we 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 want to come across as being nice (laughs) you know because i don't want you to be mad at me and i want everyone (laughs) to think we're good but the truth is Going into the conversation, okay, what's your name? What are you addicted to, mm. right? Do you want to get help? Do you want to get off the street? Where's your family, right? Because now, gosh, what if they say yes, mm. right? Now I've got to, okay, yeah. now I've got to step further in. Now yeah. I've got to get your information. Now yeah. I've got to find a place for you, and that's harder, mm-hmm. right? But that's where grace and truth start to mm. build in this and merge in it. And it's difficult, but it's also healthy yeah you know it brings health to us i think and i think it's our i think it's a call on us as as christ followers to step in the mess Mm -hmm. and i think it's so easy to be like oh gosh like you said it's going to take all these steps it's not just a quick fix or handing money out it's it's me saying okay god this is going to take effort what does that look like but at the end of the day it's like seeing the person I love what you said. People aren't commodities, you know, they're, they're human flesh and blood people. And even to this day, when I get discouraged, when I have answers or God, what's going on in our country, all these things, I always go back to creation story because I think God 
reminds me of like I created you this way and not only you but everyone else Hmm. so I always when I get frustrated I'm like Lord remind me that you made me and you said it was good Mm -hmm. and you made Sam and said it was good and it's just this constant just remembrance of we are so much more than these small truths that I think are projected from our lives Yeah, I mean, and gosh, that's true on a national level, mm-hmm. political level, mm-hmm. definitely a faith level as well yeah. as individual level. I know that for me, you know, even the story I shared, this grace and truth matrix is helping me to identify how I'm interacting, <laughs> right? And not just with people or with God. I mean, even just dealing with myself in certain areas, but... Um, were there any things that maybe stood out to you about this kind of matrix where you saw, oh, maybe that's me or? Oh, definitely. I think um, the more I've, you know, I think to become an emotionally healthy, spiritual individual, there's things that I've had to step into and identify in my life, like mm-hmm. bad habits. Like for me, grace is really hard. It's like a lifelong struggle that I've had. And I always, I always say to people, it took um, someone, my dad, who was on this major platform, to really see his fall from grace in my eyes mm-hmm. and to see how much God loves me and how so easy I can be in his shoes. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I tend to go quickly, actually, to the low grace end mm-hmm. um, of being reactionary, of being being someone who's like, they're not getting it. Why aren't they doing it my way? You know? And (laughs) and that's tied to ego. That's tied to wanting to be right. And I feel like the matrix, I love what it said is when we go into it, when we go closer to grace and truth, it's going to become more uncomfortable and it's going to take more effort. But you see this person who is clearly just aware of God's presence, I feel like. Mm. And so for me, it's so easy to check out. My personality style is very much like if I'm not being entertained, I'm like, bye, you know, (laughs) I'm a seven on the Enneagram if anyone does that. Um, And so for me to actually step in, to sit in and um, to dwell, um, that's really, really hard for me. And so grace and truth, it takes this effort on both ends, this like marriage of God's goodness and his word, but also this effort of like, realizing this humanity and just his love that I need daily. Hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, I get it. I get it completely as a seven as well. I get that check. <laughs> I didn't know that about you. <laughs> yep. Um, <laughs> so. It's like too much of a good thing. And one <laughs> screen. Yeah. Yeah. And Corrine, who's a nine who, who serves and cares. I feel like, well, of course Yeah, you're supposed to. <laughs> I see oh, so much detriment on my part. Oh, uh, my gosh. But, um, you know, I, I think, I don't know, in this past, you know, 8, 10, 11 months, whatever it's been, um, I've seen a lot of people move to check out, mm. right, because of just being burned out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even some of the things you shared with me earlier, uh, it, it's hard to try and maintain this vigilance of, pretending Mm -hmm. you know you've got it together or trying to make everybody happy yep and it's like exhausting and so uh, even people have texted me and said you know i'm finding myself in checkout yeah and this matrix is helping them to just see that they've done that Mm. um what would you say to someone who's in that place maybe in a checkout how do they move to a more healthy check-in I think it's always important to just be honest with yourself. I think the I, it's like this saying out loud, like, I'm checked out. I think this, yeah. this, uh, this awareness, this self-awareness, I think what's happening in our society right now, we have very unself-aware people, and they're going through the motions. But mentally, they're deteriorating. Um, physically, they're tired. Um, even my dad and I were talking today, it takes a mental toll when you can't hug fellow employees, mm-hmm. like when you can't have discussions, when your workplace is making you feel um, you have to be away. And I think we as a society, we need to be aware of that. And it's okay to say, I'm having a hard time. Yeah. I think especially working in ministry now, and I, you've been in it for years, I've just been 
you know, employed by a church for the last three years, but have grown up in the church. But being employed is such this different angle of this year was hard. I mean, we were hit with not only COVID and you have the sanctions of non-mask, mask wearing people. And then you had, um, we not had, but currently have racial and social unrest and where people stand on that. And so it's like, it's, it was really easy for people to get mad at the church. And because we're easy targets, they're like, you can love us, right? And we're just one angry email away. I was like, this whole season, I felt like I was one angry email away from so many people. And it was just, it's hard. And so to me, I would say, it's okay to not be okay. Like, I think that's the first step. I think there's this humanness of saying, I don't have all my ducks in a row. Yeah. No, I think there's... First, naming it, like you said, yeah. you know, naming what's going on. Self-awareness is so important. And understanding we're in a time where, you know, this is probably not the best time to make big life <laughs> changes and decisions, yeah. you know, um, but I know so many people who are, mm. right? And it's, it's frustrating on one hand, you know, being in, quote, ministry, mm-hmm. wanting to be there for people, but not able to be with people and have discussion. Yep. And so... All they're doing is hearing something, yep. and tensions are already high. So yep. what they're hearing is being filtered through what maybe they heard on the news already, or their on bias. Talk, yeah, yeah, their talk radio or whatever, <laughs> or another pastor. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so now everything I'm saying is being filtered to those things, and yeah. we never get to have a conversation. Mm. They just tell me in a text or email, yeah. you know, we disagree with you. Some yeah. people have met with me for coffee yeah. and said they disagree with me. Um, You're all, which is hard. Yeah, there's just this, we, we can't get together and mm. say we're different. We can't journey together and say, you know, hey, I, I feel like I'm calling, you're mm. calling me out or I feel like I'm just wanting to hang out. Yeah. Um, and I'm not stepping into the hard conversation. Mm. Um, those are tough things to do, and you can really only do it with people that you're close to. Yeah. Right? And that's kind of go into what I'm going to do next Sunday where I'm talking with Jesus and his role with Peter. Mm. You know, there are certain people you can talk to. Yep. And you can be honest with. Yep. And they can see you genuinely and you know they will be there for you. 100%. Right? And how important are those people? Right? I, I, there's this element, and it's definitely my personality, but I've always felt in my life there's a, a, and I think it goes from leading worship to talking in front of people, but this element of being on, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. And so to me, having this core group of people who at the end of the day I don't feel like I have to perform, yeah. I can say that I was having a bad day, I can become emotional or be angry and it's, it's okay. Mm-hmm. And there is, I think I would not have gotten through this year. There's literally four people who mm-hmm. to me were my core people who we would say we're having a rough time. We would say like, this is hard. We would say like, I need help with this. Yeah. And I, and I, I'm so grateful. And to me, I think that's what God always calls. God calls us into community. And so if you find yourself isolating, if you find yourself pulling away, I think that's where it comes back to. God's like, God always calls us to be with people. God always calls us to draw closer to him. And so I, I would say to people, if you found yourself this year becoming more disconnected, becoming, you just see people, what they put out on social media, I think... I think there's just this level that we've all come to where it's so easy to just misconceive what everyone is trying to put out there. And what's sad is, for the most part, all of us are acting from a place of fear, from a place of sadness, from a place of anger. And sometimes it manifests in different ways. And it's just, you're seeing that on all spectrums of, um, of disagreement and um, I'm for this organization. I'm not for this organization. I said this term and not this term. And it's, we've become just so isolated. Yeah. And all we are seeing on people is these 140 characters we're putting out in a day. Yeah. And it's so sad because we've lost this year, especially has hit us hard. And I think we're going to have a really hard time going back to what it's like to sitting with people and, and hanging out with people. But yeah, I think it's so important to have 
your bubble, like we keep saying that language. Yeah. I think, you know, there's like when we talk about how do you help someone who's checking out, mm-hmm. naming it, yep. and finding people you can connect to. Yeah, 100%. Right? And hopefully there are those people in your life. You yeah. have that friend or those four friends, mm-hmm. you know, or your family, hopefully someone who's there and you can engage with them. Yes. Right. And engaging doesn't look pretty. It's not the hangout, right? Engaging is the frustration. Yep. Engaging is the feeling just impotent to do anything good, yep. you know, and feeling like you failed at yep. what you're supposed to do. Um, Sometimes that's all you have and mm-hmm. that's all you're living in mm-hmm. and you don't know where to go next, especially right now. I mean, I feel like everything we've thought, oh, let's do this. It's like, <laughs> we can't, you know, <laughs> let's do this. No, we can't. Well, let's meet. No, we can't. Yep. You know, and so we're still trying to find out. I mean, tomorrow we're having a little meeting to try and talk about what what does Genesis even look, look like, like now yep. and who do we want to look like in the future? Mm-hmm. And so how can we start moving in that direction? Yep. And, and even that itself, it's like, I mean, you know us, and you mm-hmm. know how Genesis is trying trying to be family, yep. you know. Um, how do you do that when you can't see people? Yep. Right? I can't see. I mean, I get messages. I'm reaching out to people. I've gotten probably five texts today from different people who are part of Genesis in one way or another. But how do I say, this is what Genesis looks like when I don't even know who's going to be here, (laughs) right? I don't know what's going on. There's so many variables that are uneasy, Mm -hmm. um, but we have to still move towards this calling in, wanting to be together, wanting to do good together, Mm -hmm. wanting to live life together. Mm -hmm. And that's part of being gracious with each other and the various viewpoints, Mm -hmm. right? I I love when there are people who are different political spectrums together, you know, ethnicity, social classes. Mm -hmm. I love because I I think that's what the church is, right? I I think that's what Jesus was moving towards when he says we are all the body, Mm -hmm. you know, of of Christ. Um, And so those things excite me. Yeah. Right, those things that's like, this is great that you guys can be so opposed politically mm-hmm. and love each other yep. and know that the other person loves you. Mm-hmm. Cause that's the thing, right? Yep. I don't see that person is bad and evil and wrong. I see that person is maybe I disagree with them. Maybe I think they're wrong, yeah. but I see them as loving me mm-hmm. and I love them, yep. you know, and they would give of themselves to me and I would give them themselves to them. Yep. That changes things. It's hard to vilify people you know yep. that care about you. Well, and I think it goes from a place of, I think it's so easy to tolerate mm. people. And what this shows me is we shouldn't just be tolerating. God doesn't say, like, tolerate your brother and sister. God says, <laughs> yeah. love your neighbor. Yeah. And and so I think this constant just rechecking of our hearts, like, God, am I tolerating this person? Yeah. Or am I am I loving them? Am I seeing them how you see them? Because yeah. guess what? We can still be children of God and have different perspectives. Yeah. And, and that's been another go-to. I tolerate a lot of people. I've gotten really good at the like <laughs> the fake yeah. smile, you know? I, yeah. I, I haven't posted anything on social media mm-hmm. really virtually except a few dog pictures and baby pictures, you know. <laughs> Those, are always safe. <laughs> yeah. Those are always yeah. safe. Those are safe. Puppies and babies. <laughs> Everyone, yeah. <laughs> I'm hanging out all right, you know, just going to stay in this place. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's true. You, you, you're, you don't want to step into a hornet's nest, right? Yeah. You don't want to step into the mess. But sometimes to get to any depth, you have to, mm. right? And, and the point isn't to jump from – hang out to call out because yep. that's that's usually the line that's yep. that dichotomy of oh there's grace over here and truth over here yeah. you know the the point of dealing with stuff is to move to let's just participate in mm. life together right mm. um and that should be the goal yeah. not just i'm going to prove you wrong yeah. and here's all my facts because i mean that's what I love to do, right? And when I'm in the shower, the debates <laughs> I have, you know, inside yeah, yeah, inside of my head, I, I saw that post you made, and here's my point one, oh, point two, Sam. point three. Um, yeah, so thank God I don't do those things, oh you know, because I would just feed into that call out. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I don't want to stay in the hangout, so no. it's a tough dance. Right well, there. and I, I loved what it said in, in the story of this woman because it said that God stooped. 
and you made mm-hmm. reference to that. Yeah. And I love the language there. I think it's, I think it's, we so easily pass language in the Bible. And I love when there's certain words and it's like God stooped. And I think so often we don't think we should or have mm-hmm. to, but it's like over and over again, God shows us in his word. God always has this upside down triangle of how to love people. Yeah. And I just love that God stooped to her level. Yeah, that's so good. And I just feel like, man, we need to be people who are stooping. And yeah. not from a place of, of arrogance or we think we're better, but from a place of like, this is what God's calling me to do. Yeah, and it's not even so much because so many people will say, well, I'm not going to stoop to what's wrong, right? Or yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to stoop to a lie. Yeah. That mentality. It's like, no, you're not stooping to a place where you're going to let something that's, you know, wrong mm. go, you're stooping to a place where you're going to see someone who's wrong as important. Yes. Right? And, and I think that's kind of what we see here. Mm-hmm. You know, again, that story, I always thought it's interesting. Why doesn't it tell us what he wrote? Mm. It just tells us that he stooped down and started writing. Yeah. And it's almost that that was enough to spark the imagination of everyone who was there What's he writing? Mm. And then that left room for the spirit to say, well, what do you think he's writing? <laughs> and then he's like, oh, he's writing about me. Yeah. You know, oh, what about, and then that's where that time sitting, mm. settling, and then the oldest to the youngest start to leave. And it's like, yeah, I got no business here. Mm. You know, I've got to leave because I can't throw that stone. Mm. Um, so that stooping, that silence, it's not a recognition of, oh, or saying you're right. It's just... She's important. She's important. And I think mm-hmm. God does such a good, I think that's why as a worship leader, I've always loved those, you know, here's my truth. Here's what I think you should do. We don't leave space mm-hmm. to let actually God's spirit move. And if we're constantly talking over, if we're constantly um, giving our opinions, we miss so much of what God has to say to us. Mm-hmm. And I, I love this illustration of God, not only stooping, but we don't know what he's doing. And I think so often if we allow ourselves to be in that space of like, not only am I going to stoop, but I'm going to provide a space for God to maybe whisper something where maybe I couldn't hear before above the noise. Because let's be honest, like these Pharisees, they were noise. And it was just, I think God, by quieting over and over again in this narrative, to me, it just shows like it's a, it's a spiritual discipline. It's a practice we should practice more often. Yeah. Being silent. (laughs) something I need to practice. It's hard. It is. It's hard. And, but again, thankfully there are people we can speak honestly to. Mm. There are people who can tell us, Hey, you need to be quiet. Right. (laughs) I mean, my wife does that in a healthy way. Right. I'm not like calling her out. Um, she, every now and then she'll just put her hand on me and it's our little silent talk where she puts (laughs) her hand on my knee. It's interesting. My mom used to do that. Oh, I love that. You know, Nana. She just put my, her hand on my knee. It's like, okay, that's enough. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so it, it's mm. good for there to be people who are able to do that, kind of keep us from, you know, just spewing yeah. uh, and help us to think a little bit deeper and mm. a little bit more mm. uh, in that. Um, mm-hmm. Any other things that stood out to you or things that you got from the story I think I, I never paid attention to the eldest leaving first. Mm-hmm. And I love what you said. You know, I'm 34. And to me, I think 21-year-old Jillian would have had different reactions to today's culture mm-hmm. and what's going on than 34-year-old Jillian. And this year has been hard and this year has been tough. But I don't think it's an accident that we're the leaders in place now um, in this current time frame. And I kind of just kept thinking, God... May we, if there's a silver lining to the story about these judgmental people, is that there was a moment where the wisdom of these people finally shook them to leave, hmm. and it, and it convicted them enough to be like, oh yeah, he's right. Yeah. And to me, I pray um, that we would always get closer to that point where we would be the first to leave if we're wrong, hmm. you know, the first person to admit rather than the last one to leave. Yeah. And I just thought that was so powerful. I'm like, man, Lord, I, I want to go closer to that. I want to be the first one to say I'm wrong or own up to something I did, you know, that yeah. wasn't right. Talking afterwards to Jordan, one of the guys who's doing the 
helping with the tech, mm. he was saying, you know, sometimes I don't think, like you said, 21-year-old Jillian mm -hmm. would have left, you know? Yeah. I mean, sometimes you, I don't think that when you're that age, the passion is so strong, even like the young person who was there afterwards mm -hmm. who had passion about the homeless and these things. Yeah. Again, I appreciated all that passion, and, and it was a beautiful discussion. I mean, it really was. That's what I miss about us being mm -hmm. able to be together is to have that kind of interaction. Yep. Um, and that's what I'd love. Like on a night like this where we're doing this, I'd love to have people throwing out things, right? That would be yeah. so fun. Um, but some, mm -hmm. sometimes when you're at that age, you don't see. Mm -hmm. And it's not... It's okay because mm -hmm. that's where you are. Yep. Right? You're 21. You've got a lot of passion. Mm -hmm. You haven't got a lot of experience. Yeah. But you know what? It's like I can feed on that a passion, mm -hmm. right? Because I could use some energy, mm -hmm. right? I'm, I'm 61. <laughs> I need some more energy. Mm -hmm. And so when I have someone who's 21 with that passion, with that energy, even if they're not ready to leave, maybe I can feed on that passion and mm -hmm. then help in the wisdom, you know, mm -hmm. hopefully that can work in that way. Mm -hmm. um, but that, that's, I think how life is. Mm -hmm. Young people have a lot of passion. Hopefully old people, as I get older, um, get more wisdom. Yeah. I think it's like this, it's like this goal we all want to get to. And there's this beautiful thing. I love like feeding into our next generation and finding their potential. But there's moments of like frustration and disappointment where you see this passion and it's almost like this stallion that's like unbridled. You're like, oh, you're so beautiful, but you need, you just need this like, you know, beautiful, fruity. but you're just stupid <laughs> you're right just, now. <laughs> you're really frustrating. You haven't left California. Your worldview is kind of small. So it's like all these different things, but it's like, I'm so appreciative of that because I was in that space. Yeah. And like I said, I think I think about where I was at 21 and the worldview I had and the convictions I had and how right I thought I was in so many things. Mm -hmm. And I think about this woman in the story who just probably prayed that someone saw her or someone got her or someone wasn't as hard on her. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I wasted so much time in my early 20s being angry and feeling I was right and having ego of I'm going to prove a point. And now I think in my 30s, it's this, like, realization of, like, man, I don't know really anything. And, and just this clawing away at the mysteries of God. And I feel like if we're always at that place, that we will see people like this adulterous woman as just a woman who just had a moment. It, I always think of, like, shame, like Brene Brown, how mm -hmm. it, there's a difference between doing a bad thing and being a bad person. Yeah. And I see this woman as she did a bad thing, but God's like, but you're not a bad person. And I love how you brought up at the end, it wasn't so much this judgment, like sin no more. It was a benediction. And I, I love it. At flip side, we do a benediction and we hold our hands out and we, and we basically say, God, like we, we ask that you would come and we have this physical just putting our hands out. And I, when you said that, I was like, oh, I love that. That it was like this moment that he sat with her and almost loved like receiving like, just try your best, kiddo. Like, yeah. just try your best. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I learned that from uh, my cohort, this group that I'm with. Mm, and one of the guys who's leading it shared that. And I was like, oh, man. You know, we, we don't see the tonality of what's going on. You know, we mm. don't know if Jesus is smiling mm. or if he's frowning, you know. <laughs> when he says, get thee behind me, mm. you know. Satan and talks to Peter. What if he was joking? <laughs> Get behind me, Satan. Right? I mean, you know, we we don't know so many things, and we think we're so certain about it. We well, what's the word say? It's like the word and the face can mean two different things. Like I can have a word that means one thing, and I can have a face that says something totally right? different. And you have to put those things together. And mm -hmm. so I, I think our imagination is necessary to really interpret these things and mm -hmm. to be able to kind of step into them. Mm -hmm. And so having that understanding in, in this story, and I've always, you know, felt like, you know, the story was going so good and mm -hmm. Jesus was doing all this great. And he says, go and sin no more. It was just kind of this cloud hanging over this. Okay. You know, <laughs> something where it's going to happen. It's okay. like, do I exit here? <laughs> yeah, I gonna, can I go now? Um, yeah, it was just, you know, I felt like strange, but then mm -hmm. maybe seeing it as something freeing instead of something condemning mm -hmm. can change the whole, you know, 
feel of the story mm. in that way. Mm-hmm. And so I think, it, I mean, this has been helpful to me. I shared the story of Judah, me, <laughs> you know, checking out, hanging out, then oh calling out. And then finally just God calling me out mm. and saying, come on. Yeah. You know, well, you're, you're going to get on this. Yeah. You've been absent the whole time. Yeah. And this is where you're going to step in. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, man. Yeah. You know, it, it's like it was a revelation to me, mm. really. Uh, and that was a micro, you know, example of so many other things mm-hmm. that I do. Because, again, I'm in my head. Yep. I'm thinking these things. Yep. And this is how I'm going to do it. This is how I'm going to do it. Oh, you're saying something? I'm going to say this. You know, <laughs> I just respond. Yeah. And I really just got caught there with mm. my hand in the cookie jar. Yeah. Of, really calling out and and it was my own grandson you know i know that's when you're like can you go it's like ah yeah i'm just uh so gosh i love you all i mean you know this i'm obsessed with my nieces and i think there's just this they want your attention they want to be next to you i mean this can be a huge couch and my nieces would be like right on top of me and and it's just a special place to be. And how unfortunate would it be if I constantly said, move away from me. Yeah. Like, get away. Like, they want to tell me about their day, and I'm like, mm-hmm. And, I, and how easy it, it yeah. is for all of us to doom scroll right now and to do all these things. And I just feel like hearing that story of Judah and, he, and just even kind of just looking through the lens of my nieces, of we always need, just need to be reminded of, God uses the babies and the kiddos of this world to show us how much he loves us. And I think like how you had that moment of like, what am I doing? Yeah. It was just like, I think how you saw Judah is like how God sees us. It's like, there's just these moments of like, man, I, I wanted all this attention. I want all this stuff. And God could so easily just appease us. But God's like, I'm going to, I'm going to hang in there with you. I'm going to yeah. sit with you. And it's just, oh my gosh, I'm so grateful. We have a God who's, just there for us who just wants to be with us despite everything and i think moving forward you know that is what we want to present we want to Mm. help people see that god is someone who wants to be with you right he he's calling you into his presence he's calling you into relationship he's calling you into you know what we'd call communion or community with him it's it's where he is and it's where he wants you to be. Yeah. And anywhere else it is settling. Yes. You know, settling for less than what you deserve, mm. less than what he wants for you. Um, and I say less than you deserve intentionally because the idea of grace that we've come up is, oh, you don't deserve this. Yeah. And it, like you said earlier, you were made for this. Yeah. Right? It's not that you don't deserve it. You were made for this. You can't be anywhere else and mm. be okay. Mm. Right? It's where the story starts, yeah. the image of God in humanity. And it's where we're trying to pull it back to. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And I think it's important to have that priority yeah. so that we don't shame. Yeah. We don't call out. Yeah. We don't do those things that are detrimental, really, yeah. to the image of God in people. Well, and I just... This story, I always think of even the woman at the well who really is a recorded longest conversation God had with somebody. And to me, I'm like, oh, cool, a woman had something interesting to say. And so to me, it's always this picture of, I think, growing up in the religious culture I did, um, I always felt like the second-class citizen. I always felt like I, until I had a ring on my finger, that's when my walk with God counted. And to me, stories like this in the Bible, where God takes moments and sits down with a, a woman and sits down with them and sees them as a person, to me was always validating um, and always just this moment of like, man, God sees me. Mm-hmm. And God uses all different ladies in the Bible to show just his goodness and how we should be reacting to and responding to just different people. And so to me, I know you're like the female perspective. To me, this is a story where I think every single woman, if you would ask her, sees herself in this woman. Whether I've committed adultery or not, you see this person as someone who's being called out in front of a male audience, someone who's being called out to prove herself. Mm-hmm. And and what does God do? God stoops. And it doesn't I'm sure she didn't feel like she was being stooped. Like she she probably felt like she was being rescued and seen. And I just, 
I love it so much. Yeah. You know, interesting study, if anyone wants to, is look at Jesus' interaction not only with the women, mm. but also with the women and sexual identity. Yeah. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty like, whoa, mm. this, I wasn't expecting this. Um, and, yeah, it's pretty powerful. Yeah. I mean, really, women are the only ones who um, Jesus always had something good to say about. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> really, it is. Um, it, <laughs> So I love yeah, it. Yeah, there's there's that, guys. <laughs> uh, but that, that's kind of I love something it. else. Takeaway, any final takeaway that you have? I just, you know, um, grace and truth are not easy. Hmm. Some people find it easier to be always in a state of truth. And we see that. I think we see that in the current state of the church itself. You see these, you see a people who they will die by the truth of God's word and not taking away God's word is amazing. And then you see this other side that says, I see how Jesus loved and how I responded. And I just feel like we're in a culture now where I pray that we will constantly be people who don't just see these aspects of truth, who don't just go onto Facebook or to Instagram and see these, these paragraphs or these pictures and automatically go to extreme levels. And I think we're in this dangerous part in our society right now where we're either all the way to this side or this side. And God always calls us to be... People don't realize how much gray it is to be a Christ follower. There's so much gray. And I feel like we're always in danger when we become like a Pharisee and we say, here's our truth, this is what it is. Mm -hmm. And I feel like Jesus over and over again shows us that there's truth is so important. But if it's not married with grace... And it's like, what does it always say? It's just like this clanging symbol. It's just loud and gross. And it never leaves people feeling loved or seen. And at the end of the day, when God calls us to love him and love people, I I truly believe it's as simple as saying, hey, I may be different from you. I may have a different perspective from you, but I can still be in the same space with you and love you and and be comfortable with that because that's what God calls me to do. And I think the story of this woman is this just this constant realization Am I Jesus in this story? Am I the woman in the story? Or am I the Pharisee? And it's like, I always pray that we would be closer to who God calls us to be and, and just to love people, to to literally sit down with people, even in the midst of COVID, whether it's a text, a phone call, an email just saying, hey, I love you, I see you. Um, I just think it's so important. And I think it, there's a simplicity in this message that just says, you need to stop and, and use the momentum not to hurry up or not to get your agenda across, but to really use the momentum to slow down and see a person, how God sees them. Great. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Jillian, for being here and sharing this time with us. Thank you guys who are watching and those who will watch. Thank you to my wife, too. <laughs> Our audience. I've never heard her speak so much during a, a time, but that was great. Again, appreciate your time. Appreciate your words. Love uh, you guys. And love you, too. Love you guys. Miss you guys. May the Lord continue to reveal to you how to step into life with others. Mm-hmm. And may you, too, go and sin no more. Yeah. God bless you guys. Love you. You have been listening to the Genesis Podcast. We invite you to join us at one of our weekly gatherings. You can find more information at www.thegenesisstory.com as well as opportunities to help financially support this podcast. Thank you for listening.